Welcome to Main Menu for November 20th, 2010. I'm Jamie Pauls. This week we begin by talking with Daryl Shandro about AppleViz, a site where users of iDevices can post reviews of apps in terms of their accessibility with voiceover. Next, Kevin Chow reviews Noogle Noggles and Omobi, two apps for the iPhone that allow the user to take a picture of various items such as household products and money and provides a description of the item. That's all coming up on this edition of Main Menu. Well, this week on Main Menu, I am pleased to visit with Daryl Shandro. He's a very familiar voice to the program. So, Daryl, welcome back to Main Menu. Thanks for having me on the show, Jamie. Happy to be here. Cool. I um, really enjoyed the uh, piece that you did with Nancy Miracle of DigitEyes, as well as the Bookshare piece from the ACB convention this past summer. Yeah, I had a I had a great time. Uh, I had a great time doing those uh, this year. Um, you know, I was, uh, I was, of course, you know, enjoying the conv- convention. I was at the exhibit hall quite a bit and doing a lot of networking. And so, uh, on those interviews, I kind of decided to go for uh, more for uh, quality over quantity. So, hopefully, uh, hit the target there. Excellent. I want to kind of take you back to the early days, and I want you to uh, talk to us about uh, probably what is, I'm assuming, your first love. And that's Blind Access Journal. When did that get started? Well, I started uh, Blind Access Journal um, in December of 2004, and um, it's it's uh, it's quite um, it's quite interesting actually because um, I didn't really uh, know a whole lot of about blogging before I started Blind Access Journal. Um, you know, obviously I've been on the internet for a long, long time and knew about, you know, a lot of different websites and email discussion lists and things of that sort. But blogging was just sort of uh, really becoming um, the thing to do. And one of the customers that we had where I worked was a network load balancing provider. And one of their you know, so it's kind of one of those things, you know, one of their clients was Blogger. And this was just, this all, you know, was happened shortly after Google, right around the time Google acquired blogger.com. And so I, I decided to start, you know, using the service. And, and you know, I'm, I, I, I said, well, you know, I already do a lot of accessibility advocacy and I already write uh, a lot about accessibility and about blindness in general. So, you know, wow, this is a great, a great forum to have a, um, you know, somewhat more permanent uh, journal about these uh, topics. So, I decided to create it and, uh, and a few days after I created the blog, I titled it Blind Access Journal. And it's uh, stuck with that title uh, ever since. Um, I think the first couple of articles, um, one article was about the frustrations involved with um, uh, tracking packages through, you know, dealing with uh, uh, delivery companies like UPS and trying to actually get your packages 
uh, from UPS and the Postal Service when you're when you're blind and it's not necessarily convenient or possible to just go pick up the packages if if you can't receive them, and you can't and you, exactly and you can't see notes on the door, um, and then another um, another early article was about um, you know some issues with uh, when Karen applied for service through the uh, through the talking book library and how we sort of had to push to say, hey, wait a minute, you're providing a, a service for blind people. You need to actually make sure that the entire process for applying for that service is 100% accessible. And we did an article about wireless. Uh, this company that I used to do support for called Wireless Security Corp. And uh, I talked about how their product was accessible. And... Uh, and then uh, very shortly after, they started getting into writing about CAPTCHAs, CAPTCHAs being these uh, pictures of squiggly letters and numbers that you're supposed to type into an edit box and start talking about how, you know, well, if there's no audio playback or no text, then how are you going to be able to um, read, the, read the characters in order to type them into the box if you're blind? And I started referring to, just shortly after that, decided decide to refer to inaccessible captures as no blind people allowed signs and i think the i think the story goes logically from there so to speak absolutely well gosh as i hear you tell that story and you kind of unfold the development of uh, blind access journal i realize that it probably launched about the same time that my access watch site did then um, I think it is, and I think uh, one of the fairly article, fairly early articles on the journals was about Access Watch, and um, I was particularly intrigued with the idea of reviewing software for its uh, accessibility. And you were actually one of the very early adopters, and one of my one of the the most frequent. Uh uh, reviewers for for a long time, and that kind of brings us. That's a nice segue to uh, what you're doing right now, and and the reason that we're really um, visiting this evening on Main Menu, and that is a project called Apple Viz. Why don't you first of all tell us what that is and and how that got started? Certainly. Um, well, Apple Viz is actually a site that is owned by. David Goodwin, I believe he's out of the United Kingdom somewhere, and he started AppleViz.com, and the the uh, goal of the site is to provide information about accessible apps for the iOS devices, be it the iPad, the iPod Touch, or the iPhone. Um, and so we have a number of um, of areas of the site. So of course, you know the most popular aspect of the site is the apps, the app directory, and there are a couple of hundred entries in the app directory now, and uh, each app is named in the directory and is given a category. And then it's described usually, but not always. That description comes from the uh, the iTunes Store itself. Um, and then um, we, uh, the most important aspect is that we describe uh, the usability of the application from a blind perspective. Um, and then we we rate 
the application. Uh, I shouldn't say rate uh, as much as describe or sort of classify the applications uh, based on two accessibility factors, one being uh, how much of the app itself, um, you know, how many of the pages of all the different pages or areas of the app are accessible. And you have the range there from none, some, most, or all of them are accessible. And then the other key classification criteria uh, criterion is the um, how much of the how many of the buttons in the app are labeled because often we have a situation where the app is fairly accessible but you have a lot of buttons that are not labeled at all or or poorly labeled from the uh, perspective of a blind user who relies on you know Apple's built-in voiceover screen reader so again you can say that a few of the buttons are labeled or most of the buttons are labeled or all of them are labeled or none of them are labeled. So, um, and then finally, we, uh, we provide a direct link to the app uh, as it appears in Apple's iTunes store and a link to uh, any additional website uh, from the application's developer that may have additional information about the program. Very nice. So if I'm just a, uh, just a regular... Uh, iPod Touch or iPhone user, and I come across this really cool application that I want to put up on Apple Viz. First of all, I need to create an account, right? Yes. So you create an account. Um, Apple Viz is is uh, based on a content management system called Drupal, and it's very, very, very accessible. David has actually worked to to make sure that it's 100% accessible. So you're not going to have any, you know, um, images with missing alt tags or any any sort of captcha that's not accessible or anything like that. So you create an account. And in fact, we have a text-based challenge uh, response system in there. So we do ask you a a security question, but it's uh, it's all text. There's no there's no visual capture, not even an audio capture. So you know, if you also have problems hearing, you're you're going to be fine with this with your Braille display. So after you create your account, we don't ask for very much information at all. By the way, just a username and a password and your name and your email address. Um, then you your account's created, and you can you may submit your own content to the site um, if you. Um, have uh, you know? So what you would do if you would like to submit an app, uh, information about an app, we would ask that you search the site first to see if that application is already there. And if it is, you're welcome to post a comment about it. Um, if you have information that's different from what we show on the site, or or if you have a, a quick tip on how to use the the app, then you can certainly post a comment. If the app is not present. Then, um, then uh, we would certainly ask you to press the submit uh, content button and submit an app. Uh, you know, s- submit it to the app directory. If you know how to use uh, a particular feature of uh, of an Apple de- uh, iDevice, or if you know how to use a particular app, um, we we'd even encourage you to submit a guide. Um, if you have some news, if you have a, a an, an article, a link to an article or something like that, you could post to the news section. And finally, if you have a link to a blog or some other website that's particularly relevant to blind uh, 
iDevice users, you can post that as a link. So you have several posting options. And, and of course, um, as a uh, new user to the site, you have several searching options. The easiest probably is to uh, go to the search field on applevis.com and type in the name of, a, of an application and read about it if we have it in our directory. Now, you mentioned earlier that there is a link to a, or actually a description of the app from the iTunes store. Does the uh, person submitting the review need to go find that description and put that in there, or how does that get added? Yes, uh, it's, not, it's not automated, and in fact, some people decide to post, to write their own description uh, rather than uh, use what's in the iTunes store, um, but um, when, whenever I see that, um, as an editor, I try to go in and change that uh, unless I, you know, if I think that the, if, if I feel that the uh, existing description is, is accurate and, and uh, written well enough, that, uh, uh, then I keep it as it is. Uh, and sometimes I'll keep it and add the iTunes description to that field. Uh, but in any case, in most, in most cases, you'll find that iTunes store description and it is manually entered so um you know when i um as as an editor on the site um when i when i do edit an article the first step i take is to look use the link the itunes link provided make sure it's correct you know it's not a broken link or something like that of course go into itunes and look at the description and um and deal with that, you know, either add the description or just compare it and make sure it's, it's complete on the, uh, on Apple Viz. And then, um, um, and, and then, um, I look at the, uh, the rest of it, make sure the version number is in there, make sure the links are correct, make sure the, the, um, accessibility comments and ratings, uh, make sense and are easy to understand. So there's actually quite a bit of work for you as an editor then to to keep this up. Um, yes, and in fact, over the last, uh, I've, I've got probably, <laughs> I've probably got a good uh, couple of weeks of apps I need to take a little bit closer look at. Um, it is a volunteer effort. Uh, I do try to stay on top of editing it, um, and every. At this point, you know, every week or two, I will go in there and just make sure that, you know, go in there and clean things up if I if I see something that that sticks out. You know, in the beginning, in the beginning of the uh, of the site, you know, when when any time things are beginning, you know, usually it's easier as you're ramping up. You know, it's easier to um, to test every single entry and clean up every single entry now but now we have um gosh i think it's um i think it's somewhere north of 200 apps in the directory um we have quite a few um entries in there so it takes um the more entries you get the more you know time it can take so um there are a, um there are three or four of us um editors uh or moderators and uh, who do go through and uh, sort of watch over the site and make sure everything that's going on there is, uh, is uh, helpful to the blind community. Have you run into a situation yet where you've needed to take an old version of an app out, or has, has the site been around that long? Um, not yet, although um, as, as many of us know, um, 
I, iOS apps do get updated very frequently, and sometimes they sort of waffle back and forth between being accessible and maybe not so accessible, vis-a-vis uh, -vis the Nuance Dragon Dictation app, yeah. <laughs> um, which is right now not all not quite as accessible as it used to be. Um, so far, no, I have not taken out or replaced an app. Um, what I would what I would recommend right now is that if somebody finds an app um, that is you know with the information being out of date, I would recommend posting a comment to that app and be um, you know I I encourage you know um, write write your comment as professionally as possible and uh, and do your best to describe the issue that you're having and if you have found a workaround uh, please definitely describe that as well and yeah I've always been a little hesitant on access watch to to remove old entries because you know there are occasionally apps that you cannot use an older version I mean you literally uh, the company will I think Rhapsody uh, in its earlier versions especially you literally couldn't use the the program if you didn't update it but most of the time you can use older versions and so Number one, you kind of got to be aware that some people are maybe using an older version. And number two, it's kind of fun to read the history, actually. I've done that with uh, on Access Watch. If you look at Skype from the very earliest version to the current, it's really pretty fun to go back and read some of those earliest re reviews. And it, it may be interesting to do that as well. And it could even be constructive or instructive to a developer to be able to say, you know what, in version 1.3... It was accessible in 1.4. We had this problem, and then 1.5. You know, so I, I, there's a lot of advantages to keeping to keeping that history. I think I, I never like to um, I never like to get rid of to just to just flat out get rid of information yeah. uh, like that if I can help it because I mean that's that's kind of one of the um, um, uh, sort of complaints about the uh, whole digital digital realm is well. Informa things get updated and then sometimes people just, you know, sort of delete old information and, you, and then you get this sort of revisionist history. Uh, and, you know, we've read articles uh, recently about, um, you know, um, concerns now that, um, you know, about old information going away and and it's going online, but some of the information isn't going online and the the media on which it's stored is decaying. And then now, now we're hearing, now we're hearing that even you know things like um, DVDs and and even you know memory sticks and things like that, you know they don't really last that long, yeah. and so people are becoming concerned about about this idea that uh, um, you know how, where are we going to be in in fifty years when we want to know what what happened. So um, you know it's kind of my little the the information that I create is sort of my little concern in that area is about um, making sure that we keep uh, all the information from the oldest to the um, to the um, latest information that was released um, 10 seconds ago. Very interesting. Have you found that you have a lot of different people that submit to AppleViz or do you have a few really committed people that tend to submit a lot of uh, reviews? Um, as is often the case with uh, with these projects, um, I would 
I would say the latter. We have a few people who um, are very committed and who write a lot of reviews. Uh, we tried um, we, we tried a little exercise where we um, um, where we gave out uh, some promo codes. We we worked with this uh, uh, aware the developers of the awareness app, which is a, an app that allows you to hear audio coming in from your from the outside environment while you are wearing earbuds or headphones with your eye device and um and that and that produced some good but mixed results because i i kind of feel like you know um the the concern that i had for a while is uh well quantity is nice but quality is even nicer yeah and so I was having to go in, and and there were some of the entries that I was having to go in and basically redo them, um, you know, redo the descriptions and and check the accuracy of the information. Um, and so you know, you always have to be careful with that issue as well. Um, anytime you have some kind of a contest or promotion where you're urging people to do as many as as much of something as possible. Um, and so uh, we had that little little. Um, uh, issue and right now the number of apps uh, coming in each week we're only get, getting probably two or three a week now, um, but um, um, slow but steady. Um, I would urge anyone who's listening um, to um, if, uh, look at the apps that you use on your on your iDevice uh, and. Uh, see if they're all in there. Do a search on AppleViz.com. And if you find one that's not, and especially if you have a, a good deal of experience using the app, please go ahead and submit it. Um, go ahead and add it to AppleViz. And uh, we would really, uh, we really appreciate that. Each time someone does that, each time somebody adds a quality entry to AppleViz, they expand the knowledge of the entire blind iDevice user community um, and um, you know we could also perhaps talk about um, um, how you know AppleViz helps uh, helps people select accessible apps absolutely um, that's a great um, t- topic to talk about because you know as the moderator of the access watch site I am a user I mean and and I was getting ready to say as you were talking, to encourage people to think about reviews that they read. Uh, my wife and I just purchased a car, and one of the things we did was went, uh, uh, on, went, went on Google and looked at some user reviews. You go to Amazon.com, you read reviews of what, what do people think of this. I will confess I'm not as good at writing them as I am reading them, but uh, I know the importance of them, and I think if people will think about that a little bit, uh, it might make us a little more responsible in adding. And an, another thing that happens is sometimes, I'm not sure if this is as much the case with the blind community as with the sighted, but I, I think sometimes negative reviews can get posted more often than um, than positive ones. And uh, I think that's something we have to really think about too is make sure we get the good stuff out there, especially in the accessibility arena. I think it's uh, actually more uh, more important to get the positive stuff out there because, um, 
Yeah, look, um, you know, as is the case with uh, a lot of software, uh, for the most part with, uh, with software, you know, uh, well, all sales are final, so to speak. I mean, yeah, you know, Apple has been known to give uh, refunds from time to time. But if you look at the iTunes store terms of service, they don't have to. All sales are final. So it's, that makes it very, very um, ultra critical for us as a blind community to have a very good idea when we buy an app whether or not it is going to be uh, either fully accessible with voiceover or at least accessible enough for us to use the app for uh, the function we intended uh, it to be used for. So I think that's very uh, that that is a key, uh, and, and so it, it's very important thus to get out as much information about accessible apps as we can, as well as to um, you know potentially warn people away from inaccessible apps, especially you know when there's a cost associated with them. Absolutely. I mean, and back to the point of you know being a user. I know that I'm interested in a metronome app as a as a musician. I think that would just be wonderful for the um, the iPod Touch, uh, and I know that there are a couple of things out there. And I had a, a person recommend uh, one to me. I don't know if it's on Apple Viz or not, and I, I need to go look. I think it's called iTick or something like that. Um, if I it's don't not, recall seeing that one. You know, if, if it's not, then possibly um, because I it has been recommended to me, I will probably go ahead and get it. And uh, that's probably going to be one of the first things I submit, actually, and kind of, kind of give some give some feedback. Well, I I think um, I think Apple Viz can be a tool for um, accessibility advocacy as well. So um, what one of the things that I envision people um, doing with Apple Viz, I haven't seen it being done very much yet, but I, I hope it will be, is. Um, if you if you see an app that is on Apple Viz that you would like to use that's not very accessible, write the developer of the app, and then and then write you know write comments um, to in Apple Viz write you know uh, maybe uh, maybe write a comment um, saying uh, you know I'm writing the developer of the app here's their contact information, and then you, and then you might even put a copy of you know the letter that you wrote to the developer in the comments and then later say okay well they responded and this is what they said you know and and you might say um, I, I would urge you know I would urge others to uh, who are interested in this app to write to write to, to uh, this person about about the app and ask them to make it accessible and provide them with uh, recommendations um, and and uh, also on the advocacy front Apple Viz has forums and we even have a link uh, near the bottom of the site that says developers and that link uh, provides some resources including a link to Apple's uh, iOS accessibility programming guide for making uh, making these apps voiceover accessible so do you know if if Apple is aware of Apple Viz? Have you had any can any uh um any visits with the company itself at all? I uh I spoke with uh someone in uh, Apple's customer relations department. Um they they actually worked with me. I was I was uh having 
uh, some uh, concerns about Apple's, uh, you know, iTunes review process mm-hmm. um, on the Mac. And uh, if if you look at blindaccessjournal.com, I believe this was posted in August. You go back to the archives for August. There's a link, and I even mentioned getting uh, some, uh, receiving, and testing some instructions from a person over at Apple. In any case, I did tell him about AppleViz.com yeah. uh, in the course of our discussion. And uh, he, he seemed to find that interesting. Um, and um, I, that is, I, I am not sure if as a, as a company, you know, beyond one or two people there, if they, you could never tell with such a large corporation if they are, um, you know, sort of, culturally aware of resources like Apple's is or not. It certainly doesn't appear on Apple's accessibility, uh, you know, apple.com slash accessibility web page. Sure. Nonetheless, it is a great resource, um, and I definitely encourage people, and that's spelled A-P-P-L-E-V-I-S dot com, right? That is correct, yes. and uh, we would, we would, I would just urge all of you to use it. Anyone who is using an iPod Touch, an iPhone, or an iPad, go over there. Make it, it's a resource. It's uh, it's to all of our benefit to uh, use it, both as a user, you know, who's uh, you know consuming the information, and as a user who is sort of providing the information. We have a chance, as is the case with uh, with all the. Um, community and social websites, we have a chance not only to uh, not only to consume, but to actually produce uh, useful content. So you are continuing your journalism studies. How are those going? They're going really well. I am uh, I am uh, learning some more about how to produce uh, multimedia, you know, online. And I'm learning. I'm also uh, taking a business journalism class. Um, and um, it's very interesting because, uh, ironically enough, in the business journalism class, we're really not doing any journalism. We're just sort of learning how business works. <laughs> and uh, and I'm actually um, I actually talked to my professor today because we're starting to work on our final papers. And I said, hey, uh, uh, I'd like to I'd like to instead of writing a just a regular academic paper, I. I wonder if I could write an enterprise story about a business topic. And he's, he seems to be open to that. He says, okay, send me a proposal. So I'm going to do that. And uh, so, so perhaps, uh, perhaps maybe after all I will get to write a story in business journalism class. And I know from reading your tweets and that sort of thing that you, you manage to promote accessibility at the university level in many, many different ways. Um, I'm thinking especially of, of just your, your, your studies, writing stories from an accessibility perspective. Oh, yeah, certainly. I've, I've written a few, and I've, I've put most of them up on blindaccessjournal.com. And I've even written about things uh, last in, in the spring semester. I wrote about a number of things that really had little or nothing to do with accessibility. So, sure. um, you know, I'm trying to be a little somewhat well-rounded, but uh, this semester I've kind of gone back to that. Um, but uh, absolutely, um, I, I think that um, – I think that one of the ways that we can advocate uh, for accessibility, at least those of us who do have some uh, journalism skills, uh, is um, to write these companies, write or call these companies through their, through their press 
their media relations or their public relations or their press contacts and and just ask them, um, you know, just say, you know, well, I've tested this app or uh, it's been reported to me that this app is not very accessible. Um, how aware is your company about uh, uh, people with disabilities and what steps are your company taking, you know, rather than just coming out and say, um, you're not accessible and you need to fix it. Um, ask them, you know, uh, sort of write them from the perspective of, well, have you heard about us and what, what are you willing to do for us rather than will you do something for us? It kind of, you know, I, I'm kind of uh, getting some results with that. Um, it, at least it's another approach to try, and uh, sometimes it it works. And uh, whatever we can do that gets us um, more accessibility that we didn't have before is uh, is a good thing in my book. Absolutely. Go ahead and give us some success stories because I know you've had a few and you've mentioned them again on on Twitter. So what are some things, kind of especially with uh, regard to Apple Viz, that you've where you've seen the accessibility advocacy really pay off. Okay. Um, well, um, I would say, um, let's see. I would say that there that there have been a number of apps, uh, even uh, although we've had a recent kind of little minor step backwards, I would say, um, you know, we, we raised some uh, accessibility awareness with Nuance, uh, nuanced communications about the Dragon Dictation app um, it wasn't very accessible, and um, except for this minor snag, it's it's been improving in its accessibility. Um, there's um, there's a few other there's uh, Moby TV that says they're working on an accessible app. Uh, it's not accessible currently. There's a Shazam, which is a one of these music identification. Uh, apps where it'll listen to a song, like a song that's playing on the radio, for instance, and will uh, tell you uh, the artist and title and give you a link to the lyrics and all that good stuff. Uh, that should be uh, released as an accessible app any any uh, time now. Um, we very recently worked with uh, Boxcar, which is a an app that um, helps you receive... Uh, uh, notifications on your phone if something happens on Twitter or Facebook or uh, one of those services um, you email even even in your email you can be notified about it immediately that's an app called boxcar um, we've worked with um, just really a few of those uh, different uh, companies uh, over the past uh, you know ever since I got a iPhone back in June. Right now, uh, several of us are having discussions with uh, the co-founder of Foursquare. Mm -hmm. um, there are some uh, areas of the app that are not accessible. And in fact, this evening, I, I recorded and I'm working on posting a demonstration, a podcast demonstration showing the areas of Foursquare that are not so accessible. Um, and uh, any of you out there, by the way, uh, who are listening to this, who do use Foursquare, I would ask you to go over to blindaccessjournal.com, and there's a link to a discussion topic. Um, Foursquare uses a system called Get Satisfaction. Uh, it's a community-based customer service 
portal. And uh, any of you can get on there and you can uh, describe your own experiences with uh, accessibility on Foursquare and uh, give give them your recommendations for improving the app's accessibility. So that's that's what we that's what I do, and a few others do. We just sort of go out there. Um, some other things that I would uh, say are successes that maybe are not um, di- directly considered advocacy, although I would certainly consider them to be indirectly so. Would be a number of videos. Uh, and demonstrations that I've posted recently up on blindaccessjournal.com. So, for instance, I posted a video that I took of me crossing a busy intersection. Mm-hmm. Um, I posted, uh, I've posted demonstrations um, done by myself um, and Kevin Chow of using apps like Noogle Noggles and Omobi, which lets you take pictures of money and household uh, ops items and groceries and things like that, and fairly pretty quickly determine what they are um, in ways that we've never been able to do before. You know, whereas a product like the IDMate has a somewhat static database, uh, some of these apps will snap a picture, let you snap a picture of something and they'll just go out to the internet, look it up in a database. If they can't find it there, then they actually crowdsource it. And they have a bunch of people on the other end that look at these objects, these pictures that they come in and they, they type back a, a description of what what that picture is. And so, um, you know, these, these apps like Omobi are uh, just new, new mainstream apps. They're not even assistive technology. They're free, they're mainstream, and uh, if you learn a little bit about how your phone works and how your camera works and you have your, you have your phone lined up and you have it at least, at least six inches away from the objects you, you want to uh, identify before you snap a picture, then um, you too can use an app like Omobi or Noogle Noggles to find out what's in your pantry or what's in your, uh, what's in your bathroom or, or um, if you go to a hotel room and want to know the difference between the lotion and the uh, shampoo and the conditioner so you don't put the wrong thing in your hair, then you can take a snap a picture of that and um, most likely, uh, especially Omobi, will tell you what you're looking at. Well, you've been in the forefront of accessibility advocacy for as long as I've known of you, and uh, sounds like you are continuing in that way, and uh, you've created a, a site or helped uh, to to be a part of a site that uh, allows all of us to, to join in that with you. So um, I, uh, I commend you for the work you're doing on both uh, Blind Access Journal and AppleViz. Oh, uh, thank you very much. And um, I always, um, I'm op- always open to all forms of constructive feedback. So um, if you see a post, uh, you know, on AppleViz, uh, use the contact link if you have some feedback on AppleViz, and uh, um, it'll go to one of us to uh, deal with and and uh, help you out there. If you have a uh, comment on any of the posts on BlindAccessJournal.com. Uh, 
you know, post a comment. Um, comments are wide open and we welcome uh, constructive comments all the time. Um, they are moderated. That's uh, strictly to prevent spam, as uh, unfortunately uh, too many uh, out there will do. So uh, we have to um, – I've chosen to use moderated comments. Um, I don't think for any any sort of a site that has anything to do with accessibility, I don't believe that CAPTCHA is – appropriate even even if it provides an audio playback because uh well oftentimes you know the audio is is very distorted yeah. and uh it also excludes people who have any hearing uh, impairments so uh, that's why I don't do that and uh so that just means that I have to I'll look over when you post a comment I have to look it over and make sure it's really a legitimate comment before it gets posted um yeah what what is a uh, some personal uh, contact information if someone just wants to talk to you directly? How can they get a hold of you? Okay, great. Well, you're certainly welcome. To, uh, anyone out there, you're certainly welcome to follow me on Twitter. My username on Twitter is Daryl D A R R E L L. So you could go to twitter.com/slash Daryl and log in and press the follow button that way. Um, and I can also be reached by email. The email address is editor at blindaccessjournal.com. That's editor, just like it sounds, E-D-I-T-O-R at blindaccessjournal.com. Very good. Well, I'd like to thank you for joining us on Main Menu this week. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, uh, indeed. It has been for me, too. And uh, thanks, uh, thanks once again for having me on the show. It's, it's been an honor. Hello all, my name is Kevin Chow, and I'm going to be doing a demonstration of Noogle Noggles, which is based on Google Goggles, which is a visual search system powered by Google, which will look for anything including text, barcodes, QR codes, logos, and take that information, run it to Google, and Google will compare it to a number of different databases and we'll come back with the best possible information and the idea is it takes a picture and it comes back and identifies <clears throat> that item and it returns you with a Google search which allows you to get information also rate the results and without any more description I'll just go ahead and, go ahead and uh, demonstrate the app App switcher. Noggles. Noggles. Noogle Noggles. So we have Noogle Noggles opened up. And it's pretty simple. Um, there's a take picture button right above the home button. You tap that and point it at an object and it automatically comes back and identifies the object. A few things to keep in mind with apps like this where depending on what you're trying to take a picture of, if it's a round object, it's going to be a little more tricky trying to find the logo or text, and especially barcode. So, with most objects, I would recommend placing your right index finger next to the right of the camera, Screen so you tip. can have a position of where, the, an idea of where the camera is, because it's not centrally located like on most phones and would keep it about six inches above the Green object lock. and another thing I would also keep in mind is 
with round objects you want to you want to take a picture of one side and then turn it about a sixth so 60 degrees and keep repeating that until you find a logo or text or barcode and for square objects you only have to deal with two sides it's either going to be on the front side or the back side and most of the time the barcodes are on the back side but the trick is knowing which side is the front and which side is the back so with all that in mind we'll just go ahead and, go ahead and demo it slide two noggles noodle noggles Take picture button. Take noggling. No results. Take picture button. Take picture noggling. No results. Take picture button. Take pic noggling. No results. Take picture. Take picture noggling. Barcode match. Sprite lemon lime soda 20 ounces. Kosher part. So it took a few tries to get that barcode. Barcode match. Sprite lemon lime soda 20 ounces. Right Kosher the, part. Right about the take picture button, there's the item, and I'll go ahead and double tap that. Web page loaded. Barcode. So I brought up the web page. I'll go ahead and place my finger probably an inch from the top of the screen. Web results. Heading level, Sprite Lemon Lime Soda, shop sales, stores and prices at defined.com, Sprite Lemon Lime Soda 20 ounces, kosher part, we pride ourselves by bringing you the best quality of Sprite Lemon Lime Soda by Sprite Star Kosher. So I flicked to the right a few times and I got the information that it's Sprite Lemon Lime. 20 ounce soda, shop sales, stores and price. 20 ounce, I can shop for it, I'll just keep flicking right. Sprite Zero, shop sales, stores and prices. Next seven web results. Other matches. Tab four results. Heading level text. Wapit. Dot. Help us improve. Heading level two. So there's the help us improve, and I'll just go ahead and go ahead and rate this. Rate these results. One. Internal link. Two. Internal. Three. Four. Five. Internal link. I'll give it a five. You are rating <clears throat> nearly perfect. So it came back. You rated nearly perfect. The bottom right corner is a done button. Done. Button. Trash. Barcode match. Sprite lemon lime soda 20 ounce. So we'll go ahead and move on to our next object. Take picture. Button. Take. Noggling. No results. Take picture. Button. Take. Noggling. Barcode match. Degree men active response invisible solid antiperspirant deodorant. So with this object and the previous object, the first time it didn't come back with the result. So what I did was move the phone slightly to the right a bit as well as slightly further from the object. Take picture. Button. Take noggling. Logo match. Crest. Take picture. 
button. Tape pick, noggling. Logo match, 24 hours fitness. Tape picture, button. Tape, noggling. Similar image match, $10 bill. Tape picture, button. Tape pick, noggling. Similar image match, $5 bill. So that's five objects that I went through and described how I went about taking a picture of it and just tips and techniques of handling when it comes back with no results. It's a free app called Google Noggles. That's Google Goggles but with ends. If you have any questions, comments, or whatever, you can reach me at Kevin Chow, K-E-V-I-N-C-H-A-O. 89 either on Gmail or Twitter. Hello, my name is Kevin Chow, and I'm going to be demonstrating an app called Omobi, O-M-O-B-Y, by IQ Engines. It's an app that's described as visual search. All you need to do is take a picture with your iPhone, and it will go out to the web to search for products and information. And it's a free app, and I'll just go ahead and go ahead and demonstrate it. App switcher, Omobi. Omobi, home, edit, button. So I'm going to use the same technique of placing my right index finger to the right of the camera so I can have an idea of where the camera is and centrally position the camera on the object I'm trying to take a picture of and place it about six inches above the object. So I have the app open and right above the home button is a take picture button. Take photo button. Viewfinder. Auto focused. So it brought up the viewfinder and it's giving me information about if it's auto focus and let's see here have it about six or so inches above the object take picture button and I'm gonna split tap on the take picture button so it took the picture now in the bottom right corner I'm gonna select the use button the use button settings home edit but home back button so, voice will replace me in the top left corner at the home button. I'm going to flick right. Selected. Shop. One of four. Search. Two of four. Share. Three of four. Button. So, those are different tabs I can, I can navigate among. Search. Search. Two of four. Selected. Shop. One of four. Shop. Button. Search. Search. Share. Three of four. Share. Button. More. Four of four. Button. And more. Fish oil supplements. Search field. So it came back. Fish oil supplement. Clear text. Selected. Scope. Scope. Two of t 20 products of 5,020. So it tells me how many products. Filter. Button. Barley and Fish Omega Swirl. Lemon Zest. 16 ounces. $23.95. All health trends. So I can filter result. There's the first result. It tells me the quantity and the price. More info. 
Barleyan's fish omega swirl. I can get more info and there's much more much more results further down the page. And I'll just go ahead and move on to the next item. Again, selecting the take photo button right above the home button. Take photo. Viewfinder. Image. Autofocused. Take picture. Use. Button. Setting. Home. Edit. Home. Up. Select. Home. Back. Clear text. Selected. Scope. 10 products of 10. Filter. Button. Degree Men Active Response Series Antiperspirant. Deodorant Sport Defense 2.7 ounces. $4.79. Drugstore.com. Okay, so it came back with the item. And our next item here. Take photo. Button. View. Take picture. Take picture. Use. Button. Settings. Home. Edit. Edit. Home. Searching. Analyzing image. Searching. Analyzing image. So what Omobi does, it first, within the first 30 seconds or so, it'll try Searching. to match the image against similar images that they have in their database. And if it doesn't work within 30 seconds, it'll do what's called human crowdsourcing, which sends the image off to a bunch of humans who are who where oh. their job is to identify Back. these images and provide you with results member search field more four of member search field so just came back with member clear text selected S scope 20 products of 72004 filter capitalist adjustable cross member guide on 134 Let's try this again. Take photo. Button. Take picture. Button. Use. Button. Home. Edit. Button. Share. More. Member. Search field. Clear text. Button. So it's not being any more descriptive with this particular item, and the second go-around, it came back much quicker, as well as it did when I took the first two shots of the first two items. That's because it already had it in its database, so it didn't have to do the human crowdsourcing. Take photo. Button. Take picture. Take picture. Use. Button. Settings. Home. Home. Back button. Ten dollar U. S. Bill. Search field. Take photo. Button. Take picture. But. Take picture. Button. Preview. Use. Button. Settings. Home. Edit. Button. Home. $5 U. S. Bill. Search field. So there we have Omobi. Um, if you want to provide feedback, questions, or comments on the demo, you can contact me at Kevin Chow, K-E-V-I-N-C-H-A-O-8-9 on Gmail or Twitter.
That concludes this edition of Main Menu. We trust you've enjoyed the program. On behalf of the entire Main Menu team, I'm Jamie Pauls wishing you and yours a great week. Thank you.